This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. guys, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of This is Joy and Claire. This week on the show, we have a very special guest, Kaiza Kiernan. Kaiza is a personal trainer, a fitness educator, social media influencer. She's super fun, very innovative. We've been having conversations for the past year and a half. You know, Claire and I are wanting to have more conversations around movement in a way that feels good, not as a punishment. And this interview is just that. So Kaiser graduated from the University of Washington. She was a member of the track and field team there. And then she went on to get her master's in exercise science, sports, performance, and injury prevention. So now she owns KaiserFit. And she's really just developed her own method of movement. She shares daily on her platform. You can follow her at Kaiza Fit on Instagram. And then I'll link everything in our show notes for you to find her. The other cool thing is um, they, her team was nice enough to give our listeners a discount code. You can try out her method for a month by using the code GGWOD. So that's GGWOD as in Girls Gone Wad. We're using that code because I'm also gonna release this episode on our Girls Gone Wad feed. So we're just gonna use that one code, GGWOD, and then I'll also do a direct link in the show notes as well. So just open this episode, look at the show notes, click on the link and it'll take you right there if that's easier. We had a great conversation. We talked all about her background and kind of what led her into this field. She really lives and teaches by a motto that health is a feeling and not a look. Claire and I often talk about that as well, where it's really hard in the social media world to not compare. And we're still going to do it. And Kaiza and I talk about that, where we're always going to compare. That's always going to be there. We're always going to have our self-doubts. But how we can move through that and have a lifestyle that is fun and includes movement. So I'm really grateful that she gave us her time because I know she's really busy. She's very popular and um, I think you'll really love this episode. So thank you guys again for supporting us. Here's the episode with Kaiza. Thank you for being here. I want to talk first and foremost about your background because I know you were an athlete, but like people know a lot about you already. You have a really dedicated following. So take me back a little, and this may be like the therapist to me, but like take me back a little bit further. Like how are you like as a kid? What was fitness like in your family growing up? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. So fitness and sports were really non-existent. It wasn't a priority. I don't think to either one of my parents, it was just that I had a lot of undiagnosed ADD and a lot of energy and my mom needed me to have outlets. And so I was in every sport you could imagine, but I did this funny and probably the therapist and you would understand. I did this funny thing as a kid that the moment my mom would take me to a sport. So let's say gymnastics was one that, that always sticks out. They would ask me to compete. They would basically come to your, my mom and be, be like, your daughter's really, really good. We need her to go to the next level. So my mom would come to me and say, all right, Kaisa, this is so exciting. They want you to go compete at the junior blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, nope, don't want to do it. And I, my mom will tell me I was four years old telling her what I was going to do and what I was not going to do. So I never stuck with one specific sport until high school. So my kind of, my movement journey is, and I think now it was a gift because it allowed me to do so many different sports and activities, but it wasn't until high school that I actually chose a sport, which was soccer. 
And that was soccer. Do you think at that age, like at the younger age, you were just like, I don't want to put my focus on one thing? No, no. I'm a perfectionist by trade. And even that young, I knew if I was going to fail at something, it was going to be devastating. And I don't oh, think, yeah. yeah. And I think looking back now, I just knew my little self so well that I could not handle that pressure. Um, and I couldn't handle what it would do to me if I failed at something, because inevitably you're going to fail. Um, and so I would just move on to a different sport. Until you felt like the pressure became too big? I think until I... So it wasn't until middle school that I started playing soccer. And then it was right going into my freshman year in high school that my parents... I was really, really good. And select teams were asking me to play, which was a more serious team. And I think I just was prepared mentally probably to be able to take on the pressure. Um, and so I made my decision to stick with that sport. That's pretty impressive because most people, you know, if you feel like you can't handle pressure, all of a sudden you're like in a group sport that relies on you. And if you fail, that's why I think, I mean, so many people don't do group sports because of that pressure yeah. that there's so much on you, but mentally you were in a place when you were in junior high where you're like, that just didn't bother you anymore. Now, I heard one of your talks. It was, I can't forgive me for like the name of, of where you were, but you were talking about being in a pretty rough spot. Maybe it was high school. I don't know, depression or what, whatever was going on. Like, were you feeling really sad? Telling your story on that platform, you were like kind of choking up. Was it more of like, you know, telling that story for the first time? Because I heard you say like, you're like, I've never shared this before. You don't have to go into detail of what was going on, but like what what got you to that point? And then like, how did you work through that? Because I think a lot of people would benefit from hearing that piece. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I'll try to tell us without getting emotional. So I, so you're talking about NASM, which That's was, right. the, yeah, the keynote speech that they asked me to give. And this was probably like three years ago, two, uh, four years ago. I am, this is going to sound crazy, but I am petrified of speaking in public. Like I got up there and fully blacked out. I mean, it's a totally, uh, it's so funny how people are like, oh, you're, you must be so extroverted and like, just have no problem talking in front of people. Cause you're on the public platform. You're like totally different. No, I different I mean, from Instagram <laughs> fully blacked out. I also like, so my mom was in the audience and I had basically told her right before, I'm going to tell you something that's pretty difficult to hear because I want to tell this story. Like this is the reason why movement means so much to me. And if I'm going to get up and talk to my peers about my story, it has to be the whole story. Right. So it was intense all the way around and my story to go backwards my story is that movement saved my life. So I was a mover when I was younger, but when I went to high school, it was my freshman year, I was dealing with a lot of mental health issues and, uh, and a lot of depression. And I think looking back, I was dealing with it before um, high school, honestly. But high school just kind of came to that point for me that I didn't want to live. I, I thought it'd be a lot easier not to be in this world. Um, I just, I really did not want to be here. And I just remember having this very intense conversation with myself at 13 years old, however old you are, that I couldn't do that to my mom. Like mm -hmm. I knew I have, there's four of us total. I have three other siblings. And I just knew that if I was to kill myself, that would kill my mom. And my mom needed to be able to be here for my other siblings. So I remember having this conversation with myself and, and basically just deciding, like, if I look at my entire life, what is the one thing that brings me any type of joy? And it was movement. And at that time, it was my sport, which was soccer. And so I just went full 
speed ahead into playing soccer 24 seven. Um, and so as I evolved over the course of the next four years, I became a star soccer player, but it was really that movement had saved my life. It gave me an outlet to work through things. It gave me something to look forward to. Um, and it, it truly saved my life. So when I was talking at NASM and I was giving the speech, I was trying to convey a message of, we have so much power as trainers um, that we hold in our hands and the ability and the gift that we have to help people work through very you know, intense, traumatic highs and lows of their lives as trainers is something that I hope that we all understand and really respect in a way that I'm not quite sure the industry is respecting right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's, that's so amazing. So kind of moving forward, with that is you ended up going on to be a trainer. In a lot of the interviews I've heard, I'm kind of paraphrasing, I don't want to misquote you, but that you kind of got into the field and you were like, wow, a lot of this is like changing bodies. <laughs> and and I, I get it. Like we could go off on so many tangents of like, look, I grew up in like the 80s and 90s where fitness was like spandex. And then all of a sudden it was just like Kate Moss was the ideal. Um, I was putting up magazine photos, tearing out magazines of like Tyra Banks and hanging up in my bathroom. Like I want her abs. You know, it's like that we were, we grew up with that, but you, I thought was really insightful. You just seemed like a very insightful kid to be able at 13 to, to put that together and say, I'm looking for joy. What brings me joy? That's very insightful. So you, and that also tells me like the decisiveness piece, not to overanalyze, but like then all of a sudden you're walking to a, a fitness space, which is probably male dominated. And they're being like, this is how it is. We're, you know, we're just changing people's bodies. And you're like, nah, it's not for me. Yeah. So you paraphrase a lot of like learning experience that happened. It's actually hilarious when I look back at how naive I was about everything. So basically I became a trainer because I was really injured in college. I ended up going to university of Washington where I did track and field. I was really injured. I wanted to learn about my body because I knew that movement was so important to me that I, as a 21 year old being so injured and not being able to move, like yeah. how was I going to survive life? Right. I'd already been to some low lows. I didn't want to go there again. Yeah. So I decided to become a trainer, basically learned about my body, healed myself. And in the course of that, fell in love with training other human beings and bringing something that I was so passionate about to others. I, I just absolutely loved it. So here I am in a really amazing gym in downtown Seattle and clients are coming in and, you know, they give you a client and then you have to talk to the client first and kind of win the client over. And client after client would be coming in saying like, this is amazing. I'm so excited to be here. I want to lose about 15 pounds. I want to look like this. And I would keep telling them, okay, well, so you're going to have to go train with her or her or them. Like, I'm not the trainer for you. I don't do that. I don't, that's not how we train around here. <laughs> right. This is literally 22 year old Kaiser, 23, probably months went by and I looked around and I had no clients. So I'm thinking like, okay, this isn't going to work at some point in time. I have to have an adjustment of understanding that it's my job as the trainer. And almost in some sense, what I understood it to be is like, their parent in this situation, knowing what's best for them. But I also have to meet them halfway or all the way. I have to meet them exactly where they're at. So when 99% of people come into movement because they want to change the way that they look, I have to acknowledge that and go along for the ride, 
but show them something different. So my entire message after that was like, I will never, I will never, you know, poo poo that that's why you want to come into movement. That's okay. But I will never co-sign it. We will never measure, monitor, keep track of, we will never pay attention to what you look like after that moment. So then after working there, how did you then move on to build the empire that you have? (laughs) Well, I mean, there was like lots of courses and lots of twists and turns. But essentially, I saw from the very beginning that I wanted to be able to share my message because it was a little bit different. I wanted to be able to share it with a lot of people. And if I'm training one-on-one or even in groups, there's only so many people I can train within a day. The issue for me was social media wasn't around. And the only person I saw on a platform was Jillian Michaels on The Biggest Loser. And ironically, I wanted nothing to do with people losing weight. So I was like literally sitting there how, how is this going to happen? What am I going to do? How do I, how do I share my message with more people? How do I encourage more people to move? And eventually social media came along. So the moment it came along, I kind of saw exactly what it could be used for and the ground running. God, that's so, yeah, that's, that's really cool because I remember the biggest loser. I think we all do obviously. And that's that show. I feel bad saying this. I used to watch it and like cry at their stories and they made it so inspirational looking. I mean, we've had Bob Bob Harper on the show and he's a lovely human being. I didn't ask him about his opinion about the show of like what he thinks about it now, but I can't imagine like there was that episode. Did you ever see the episode with a girl that was like literally, I mean, I think they probably have all developed some level of like unhealthy eating habits, but she looked scarily thin when she won. Yeah, I didn't see I I I didn't see probably any. better that you didn't. Yeah. But I mean it was like basically when she walked out Jillian and Bob their faces were horrified, not happy. But my point is like thinking back and watching that show I remember being like happy for them and the way that they kind of packaged it and it's so kind of like forward thinking of you to be really pushing up against a system that is so all about weight loss. So then you decided to do what? <laughs> So then I decided to use social media. I just felt like at the time it was a really incredible tool for me to put content out there. I had so many friends and family members at the time that knew I was a trainer and wanted to know like, what should I do? What should I do? But didn't have the means, you know, or the time to come in and see me. So it started off as a very small opportunity. And I actually did social media in the very beginning with one of my friends and we just put movement out there. Like it was a really fun way to make movement accessible. And it became, you know, it grew and it blew up and it became a really big platform in the course of half a year. I mean, we even had, you know, like Michelle Obama shout us out. Like it was insane because we're, yeah, yeah, we were at the very beginning of social media. And without going into too many details at the time, the friend that I was partnered with didn't really want it to become a business, but it was becoming a business. Like that's just at the moment. You couldn't help it. It was just going, we could not help it. We were getting opportunities and deals. And so we ended up parting ways and I had just gotten a taste of what it meant to be able to speak to the masses and, you know, to have something that I was so incredibly passionate about possibly reach people around the world that I would never be able to reach or speak to in any other way. I was all about it. So then you're on this journey. And I know that your main purpose and your main philosophy is around bodies are meant to move. I always get really like in the weeds confused about how we can reach people to make it not about weight loss, because it just seems like it's so tangly especially for women. I'm sure there's men too, so I don't want to leave the men out. But 
that is something that I'm sure you see on a daily basis of fighting against, I guess, social media, images, thinness, fat phobia. How do you ignore that noise and stay focused on what you need to do? Yeah, I mean, I think the gift of my really dark times growing up was that I come I come from a space where I really understand how incredible my body is and how my body saved my life. And the only reason I'm here today is because I found movement and I had an appreciation for my body. And so I come from a very intense place and a very passionate place when I speak about my message. I also don't bother spending time trying to fight the machine. It's like media and sex sells like that's never going anywhere. I really don't spend my time doing that. Right. I spend my time trying to lead by example and show something different and it doesn't speak to everybody. And I totally understand that. I think, you know, we've grown up our entire lives with a specific message, but I am just not willing to give up with what I believe in. And I think that movement is an incredible opportunity that people have to connect to their body and to understand how lucky they are to have the body that they have and Mm -hmm. why not move, you know, and eat well and sleep well and hydrate and do all these incredible things, not because you want to change your body, but because you just want your body to be here for as many years as you want to live doing all the things that you want to do. It's also about educating the consumer, I would guess. And not to say that I agree with that approach. I think it's always important to just ignore the stuff that you like don't want to feed into because it's not going away. Kind of like negativity or the comment section on social media sometimes can be like a landmine. You know, educating the consumer, and I've talked about this some on our, our show before, just like making sure people are aware that just because they see someone promoting blah, blah, blah greens or whatever teas, that that is not going to get you the abs of the person promoting it. Oh, I mean, absolutely. That's the one of the hardest messages to constantly help people understand is first and foremost, what you see is not really what's happening. <laughs> and in the fitness industry, we're the worst about it because fitness, you know, influencers or trainers or anybody that you see like on covers, that's not even what they look like in real life. They are so dehydrated to get to that moment, so unhealthy to get to that moment, to take one picture at what they think and the industry thinks is the peak definition of, or yeah, of, of health and wellness, which it absolutely isn't. So it's just all one big lie. (laughs) And I don't know how to keep talking about this over and over and over again, but what you see should not be the definition definition of health, which is why I say all the time, health is a feeling. It is not a look. What you're seeing is not healthy and mostly a lot of, you know, airbrushing and alterations and like so many things that are happening to make it seem a certain way. So do people and genetics and genetics, genetics. So you guys know, uh, our sponsor, we love Ned CBD products. They are fantastic. They're great people. It's a great company. They're based out of Boulder, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from us. All of their hemp is grown in Colorado. All their products are third-party tested for quality. And they have so many great products. My go-to really right now is a 750 milligram, just pure hemp tincture. That being said, I also have gotten back on the de-stress blend train because it truly does, like it's a little bit less hemp, a little bit more of other botanicals. And it just like talks me off the edge mm-hmm. when I have been parenting too much, which I have been, I've been parenting too much. 
And it just like kind of talks me off the ledge. And I really appreciate that about it. And I love that you really spoke up about the hotel sleep because it turns out not a lot of people like hotel sleep. So I was really screwing myself uh, by trying to use that selling point. <laughs> I felt so validated. <laughs> High five to everyone out there who was like, no, fair, right. hotel sleep sucks. It's it's night, you know, it's the night back in your bed after hotel sleep. It's just it's just everyone has their thing. Mine happens to be hotel sleep. It sounds like I'm the only one out there that really likes to sleep in a hotel and sleeps very well. It's mostly because I don't have cats crawling all over me or like dogs waking me up. Yeah, but I do love the sleep blend because it does give me hotel sleep. We love Ned. They are local. We love that they are our sponsor because we really stand behind their products. So if you want to try the new de-stress blend from Ned, a brand that we love and trust, we have a special offer for our audience. Every order over $40 qualifies for 15% off. And a free de-stress blend sample, go to helloned.com forward slash joy or enter joy at checkout to take advantage of this offer. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash joy to get 15% off plus a free de-stress blend sample on any order over $40. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring our program and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You know what's really funny? Did you ever have a moment where you're like, oh, I want like the Tyra Banks abs when I was in junior high? I actually thought that was like attainable where my body type is just not like that. Yeah. You know, like, I guess maybe if you were like going to really severely starve yourself maybe for a day or two but you know what i'm saying like i thought i really thought body parts you could get what other people had yeah it's like play-doh like you can more yeah and then and then the (laughs) other thing i want to talk to you about too and so that's a fallacy everybody but i wanted to ask you too another thing i'm all over the place because i have so many questions but like the magazine cover thing i know you've been on magazine covers like do you have a rule where you're like don't airbrush me or they just have to like do what they do because i'm sure people project that onto you (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, I absolutely ask people not to airbrush me, not to, you know, touch me. There was definitely a specific magazine cover. I'm, I'm really uncomfortable. I also like being in like, you know, my, uh, sports bras and all this and that, but there's like certain things. And especially I was younger back then. And there were Mm -hmm. certain things that you have to like, can only push so far before they're basically like, okay, fine. Well, we don't want to shoot you. (laughs) And it was like, they wanted me like roll my pants down really low and do all these things. So for me, like I've definitely had moments where I feel like, okay, I, I've stood up for myself as much as I can. And now it's a decision. Do I not even want to be here? Do I not even want to do this? I don't look back and regret those moments. I think I've still stayed pretty true to what I was doing. There was a whole program that went along with the cover that wanted they wanted it to be about looking a different way. And I wouldn't do that. So I feel like I it's part of me trying to meet people where they're at. And I feel like if I could have the opportunity to, as you know, some women are flipping through that magazine to read my take on what it means to be healthy and well, then that was a, you know, that was an important opportunity to take. Totally. Um, I remember what I was going to say too, because I want you to talk about your programs and I'll link everything Kaiza, on our, on our show notes, but all of your programs and your approach to fitness, because here's the other funny thing. I've done all the workouts, the kind of like diets where that like, if you think you're going to do that, if you do this diet, you're going to get this body. Like I used to run marathons. I used to like distance run. I still love running, but not at that level. You know, whatever it be, CrossFit or weightlifting, like no shame to Tracy Anderson. Claire would have a like a fit if she heard that name because she she doesn't like how she promotes kind of like this stick thin appearance of unrealistic expectations. But you know, it feels like sometimes that workouts are marketed that you will end up getting this body. And I kind of fed into that 
mentality is like, if I just could run a little bit farther, I will finally have those apps. <laughs> very, very silly. I get it. But like, so what is your approach to the programming that you do and really educating people to like not seek a movement for like the outcome of a certain body type and to do it because it's fun? How do you I approach mean- that? This is hard, Joy. Here's the thing. Most of the time, and I've had such an incredible opportunity to train amazing clients, amazing women mainly. Mm -hmm. And time and time again, underneath all of their want and desire to change their body was just a, a desire to be happy and to be seen and to think that, you know, the world was gonna love them more their, you know, business place would love them more, their husband, their friends, their family. And so for me, I totally understand that we have this like relationship with how I look means that I will be in the world very differently. And the reality is you won't. So from that perspective, like that perspective is where I try to come with movement and why I'm so passionate about helping people understand and really women. I mean, I'm a woman, I, I connect in this way but really helping women understand that your happiness doesn't actually come from changing the way that you look much the opposite, because I've experienced that when the outside world thought that I looked so like the definition of health, I have, I was my most miserable, absolutely my most miserable. And so I think for me, movement is an awesome way to get connected to your body and appreciate your body. And we do that through performance and through movement and through having fun. I am a goal oriented person. I don't mind if you set goals that you want to perform a certain way. You want to do a certain amount of pushups, a certain amount of pull-ups. You want to deadlift this. You want to, you know, sprint, run, whatever you want to do, but it's a celebration. Like movement is a way to celebrate what your body can do. And I will celebrate the hell out of that with you, but I will not celebrate being focused on changing the way that your body looks. So you recently posted about doing like a February, you don't like new year, new you, which I thank God, because I hate that (laughs) saying. Can you share a little bit about your thoughts around New Year, New You, and what you said? <laughs> I was almost just going to play it, but I'm like, no, I'll just ask her because um, it was yeah. great. And if ever, I'll, maybe I'll post a link on that too, but just go to her Instagram because she has this great talk about New Year, New You. <laughs> I mean, because the thing was, we were doing a video and the team wanted me to talk about, okay, it's like New Year, New You, like, what do you, you know, what's like motivation for the team? And I just like, can't help it. I'm like, I feel so aggressively like angry and mad about new year, new you, because when we talk about new you, it's always in the sense of that something's wrong with the you that you are right now and you need to change it. And we were talking about that right as we had gone through an entire year of a pandemic And I'm sitting there so frustrated about what's happening in the world, like with health and the wellness scene and not stepping up and like still trying to push a message when I'm like, your body, if you're sitting here listening to me today, your body is the thing that got you through this pandemic. You know what I mean? Like your body is the reason you're here today. Why are we going to sit here in December, December 31st and talk about and point out all the things that we want to change about our body? They're all negative. It's not like we're sitting here on the 31st and being like, I am so excited for the new year. I'm grateful for my body. I am going to sleep more because my body deserves that. We weren't, that's not where people come from when they talk about new you. It's always this whole running list of all the things they hate about themselves and all the things they want to change. So for me, it's just the shift in perspective. I don't mind if you set new goals in in January. I don't mind that. But like, let's make them positive. <laughs> let's yeah, not goals nitpick. are great. That's the other thing is it doesn't have to be two different worlds or pick a camp. Yeah, it could be great to have goals, but let's yeah. not do it from a place of self hate. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that, like that there's something wrong with your body. Why are we sitting or yourself? Like new you means that you don't like the current you. <laughs> I love the current me. I mean, she's a constant work in progress, but like not just like physically, but everything mentally. I'm constantly working on myself, how to become a better human, a better, you know, like friend, a better family member, better aunt. Like I am constantly working on myself. I'm okay with who I am though. And I know I've worked my ass off to get to where I am now. And of course there's more to evolve to, but I'm not like angry that I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's because I hear this so much around wanting to change bodies with working out. And that's kind of the mindset is I think it's people just getting a little bit closer to self-love and maybe they're not going to get there overnight. Maybe there's more that's going on behind the scenes that they need to work out. Just getting like inching a little bit closer to loving themselves to be like, I'm pretty awesome. And movement is a way for me to take care of myself. But then I have a whole nother thing about (laughs) self-love. Let's hear it. But because I just hate the way self-love is sold. Self-love is literally sold to us as if you stand in the mirror and you just look at yourself and you say like, my big arms, I love them. My nose, I love it. I am worthy. I am happy. I am whole. No, you're fucking not all the time. Like kind of toxic (laughs) positivity. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's totally toxic positivity. And so my when I went on this other rant, (laughs) I'm like, Self-love is being okay that you are like on this roller coaster ride with yourself for the rest of your life. Yeah. There are seasons that are high, there are seasons that are low, but you know that you've got your back and that you're going to make it through and that you appreciate everything that you're you're doing for yourself and for your body. And at the end of the day like yeah, like love is a practice and an action that is happening, so it's like self-love, but self-love is not just thing that you, not this thing that you just sit and tell yourself in the mirror. Like that yeah, is Yeah, like I'm good enough, work. I'm smart enough and no. gosh darn it, people like like me type of no. yeah totally sure. agree I totally agree and I am 100% against like the whole well just love yourself and just positive affirmation your way out of it and it's like I don't know one person who really can do that no and, and I, you don't you don't have to love all of yourself this no, is what I say yeah. all the time like there are so many things about myself like who I am as a woman and what I look like that I don't love and but I don't focus on those things I don't focus on them. I don't sit in them. I don't dwell in them. I have taught myself, and this is a practice. This happens every single day, just like you go to the gym, just like you work out. It's repetition after repetition. For me, the practice is don't sit in that, don't dwell in that, and tell yourself something that you do love and just walk more towards that, Kaisa. Right now, I'm in a space of absolutely loving business, loving this new program that we're doing with like Start Moving and like really loving what I'm doing and feeling so connected and passionate about it. So that's what I walk towards more. And then I forget about the fact that my arms are big and I don't like them right now. Like, right. who fucking cares? Yeah, we're never going to get to this like enlightened no. state of like, yeah. And it's so, it's so funny that you say that too, because it is a matter of very much your thinking and going, what am I telling myself every single day? And am I focusing on the horrible parts, the horrible, the things that I don't love about myself? Because we are never going to get to a place of like complete and utter bliss about our bodies. We're just not. We aren't no. wired that way. We are no. wired for criticism. 
We are yeah, wired the, for self-criticism. The reality is it goes all the way back to saying like, we all think if we were all to take a moment and get honest with ourselves, we all think that when we change our body, when we look the ideal that we, the image that we have in our head, we all think there's all these other things that are going to go with it. Right. For me, like I'm a single woman. I think like, if I change my body, like maybe I'm going to meet my partner. Like we all think these things. It's not true. Like it's literally not true. So there's so many other things that need to be addressed on the other side of you thinking that you need to look a different way. And those are the things that we have to start talking about because Mm -hmm. in the reality, when you start running towards the things that bring you joy in life, you forget about for me, the extra big arm or that, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't hold so much weight anymore. You don't care about it as much. It never goes away. Never goes away right now. It never fucking goes away, but it means less to you. It means so much less. It's like you're take you're giving it less power. Absolutely. I like to call it less airtime. Like don't turn on, don't turn the radio dial onto that. Just like turn the, turn the radio station. And then I always have to remind myself if you think like if somebody comes along, like for me, I, I use that as a bad example, but if somebody comes along because I look a certain way, who the fuck? I don't want to hang out with them anyway. So it's like, totally. what is this that I'm telling myself? Yeah. And would you, would you say a little bit that this comes with like living and learning? I don't want to like downplay youth, but there's so much in my twenties that I was like more insecure about. And then in my thirties, it was like kind of getting a little better now in my forties. Like it really is what Oprah says is like every year gets better that you become more comfortable in your skin. But I don't want to blanket statement that either. But I, I think that that does come with kind of practice, like the daily practice of saying, well, maybe I quiet the negative voice just for a couple minutes today. And then maybe tomorrow I quiet it a little more. And it's not just like this overnight thing that happens where we're not listening to that piece. But I do think it comes with time and age and and just being tired of that. Like I work with a lot of clients too. They're just like coming to me and they're like, I'm just tired of this, of carrying this. I want to be done with carrying this. Yeah. I mean, I I totally think it's age because I think the, you know, the older we are, the more reps that we're allowed to have or like that we can have. But I also think with age comes an understanding or more of an understanding of who you are. Yeah, that's true. And I just think like for me, one of the best things has been just constantly focusing on the things that really bring me joy in life. And, you know, looking at my body, even if I every morning do look at my body and I'm like, oh, I for five seconds have that. And then I'm like, all right, fine, whatever, go do something else, you know? So it never goes, it never goes away. But I think we just learn to practice in a way that gets rid of it a lot faster and that we're so much more, you know, comfortable and confident in the things that we're doing in this world. Right. And that's what I always say, like you are more than your body. So go focus on all the other badass things that you're doing. Yes. It's not about what size you wear. It's not about how much you bench press or whatever. It's about what Claire and I talk a lot about too, is like, wow, our bodies are so amazing. Like my body recovered from Graves disease. Claire birthed two humans our body, our skin holds our organs in, you know, like we kind of joke about that. But it's true of all the other things Mm -hmm. that our bodies do on a daily basis, just to keep us alive. Yeah. So it's a great message that we just need to keep saying, okay, so moving on to your business and your brand. Can you talk a little bit about the just move? Yeah. Yeah, I have it. I know. I love the shirt. I love (laughs) that sweatshirt. It's like, listener, she's wearing this awesome black, it looks like a sweatshirt. Yeah. And just move is in like, every letter is in different color. And it's giving me like awesome rainbow vibes. And I'm I want one. Okay, continue. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, essentially, 
when I started with social media, I understood the power of social media and it allowed me to have a platform. But one thing I always knew in the back of my mind was I don't want to be doing this alone. Like I am one human being. I'm one trainer. I'm only going to resonate with so many people. I really want to be doing this with a bunch of other trainers, a bunch of other like-minded human beings, because if I want the world to move, it's going to take a whole lot of other humans to do that. And so we had the concept of just move for a long, long time. It wasn't until last year, though, that we were in a space to actually make it all happen. So just move is a monthly subscription, and our focus is really on bringing movement to everybody and every body. So we specialize not only in beginner, intermediate, and advanced, we also have a start level for people that are just getting into movement and have no idea what to do, have never moved before. Maybe they're recovering from an injury. I want everyone to feel welcome. We also have like, you know, all the movement that you could think of, yoga, strength, cardio, core, like every movement, and then dance because it's super fun. And some people, you know, like that's the way that they want to move. So we're just constantly expanding what it means to move in your body and celebrate your body through movement. And I'll post links for all of that too, just making sure. I mean, every everything that you have is on KaizaFit. In case people want more information, I'll post all the links there. Thank you. Now, on just a very like shallow, funny note as we end this, is I want to, I know you love shoes. And I wish I could turn the camera around because my husband's a big sneakerhead. Really? Yeah. And he's got like, I mean, you probably could spend hours talking about the types. So you're, are you like a Nike person? Like this... What kind wow. of shoes do you love? <laughs> I try not to say just what I like. Okay. I mean, oh, okay. We won't. We won't say. I know. Probably branding, but maybe schmikey. I mean, <laughs> I'm a schmikey person. Uh, yeah, and I have been my entire life. The funny, funny story is that I won a crawling contest, and I was so I couldn't crawl at the time. I scooted myself. No. I won a race. There is a picture of it. It is proven. And what I won was a pair of Nike shoes. So I was so young. I think, yeah, I was like nine months old. That's so cute. Mm -hmm. And that's how it all started. And so I just blame it on my mom for putting me in the race at Nordstrom. It's not my Mm -hmm. fault. And since then, I've been absolutely obsessed. Like people think I, I think people think it's like a new thing. I've been obsessed. Like my grandpa would take me shopping for my birthday every year. I mean, I was in first, second, third, all the way to high school. And I got a one new pair of shoes every year, kept them pristine, pristine, obsessed. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. My husband's the kind of person that will be on line waiting for it to drop. Yeah. Gets a ticket to get a wait list or whatever. I mean, he's, we've gone to um, all the cool, like, sneaker shops in like San Fran and New York City. And we found one. And where do you live right now? I live in Seattle. Okay, you're still in Seattle. Um, Have you ever been to like the secret sneaker shops in New York City that are like, I'll have to tell you. I mean, they're they're ones that like you literally just have to know where they are. Like you have to know somehow through some secret message board. And there's no sign on the door. You walk in, there's just like, a. it's, it's so funny. He took me to a few where I'm like, are we, are we safe over here? Just because it's like, you don't know what you're walking into. And I'm like, is this an actual store? But like, that's how obsessed he is. And it's just really funny. So I thought I got to talk to your husband. I thought, I think, oh my gosh, don't be careful. He would just talk your ear off about shoes. And then of course, no, he's great. He's awesome. I would love But he loves... He's a big sneakerhead. Um, and so you have such an awesome style, in my opinion. I think you have awesome style. Where do you get like your fashion inspiration from? Like, what do you, where do you get that? I don't know. It's really funny you're asking me this because I just had to do a little like write up about this. And I don't know. I just, I have this one thing where I don't want to be like everybody else. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's like me. 
So my inspiration is trying to not wear what I see. Everyone else is wearing. wearing. Oh my gosh. I'm the same way. Sometimes it works. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But I've been like that since forever where I'm like, if I see everybody wearing this thing, I just don't, I kind of want to like stand out and not look. That's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm still putting glitter on my face and like, yeah. I mean, someone recently we talked on the podcast about like you're getting your colors done. I didn't know that was a thing. And basically like what colors look best on you. There's like a whole process of like things that you can be analyzed for which colors are like your best fit. And I was like, that sounds horrible. Like I, I would never want to know exactly what to wear. Like that sounds horrible. That sounds suffocating sounds li- to me. Sounds limiting. Sounds uh, give me rainbows and like glitter exploding everywhere and yeah. all the colors. And uh, I don't try to match. I think matching is boring. Anyway, so that's great because I think that just kind of shows. And your nails look great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> she has like these awesome long black and white creative artsy looking nails. Was that like something that you had? I, I heard on another show you had to do that because you were like, did you get COVID and you're like, you needed to get your nails done or something? <laughs> That was <laughs> because I, you were I, like getting antsy. <laughs> I did start getting these done during COVID. You, I, you all won't be able to see they're ridiculously long and I do lift weights and I do work out in them. And again, it's just another, I, I just feel like these are like ways to creatively express myself. Yes. I'm a very creative person. Yeah. I, you know, so I'm in my nail phase for now. COVID did it to me, but I'm, you know, I'm still, I love it. Now you're like, yeah. I'm hooked. I know. I yeah. just got these like press ons, but I'm like, I'm a nail person now. Like yeah. this is, <laughs> I love it. It's so fun. I love it. Yep. Okay. And so ending with just a couple of fun ones too. Are there any favorite products that you're using right now? Our listeners love that I talk about products because I'm a product person, like any face, hair, whatever, or any favorite shows that you're watching? Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to start with products and this sounds like a push because I rep them, but great. TheraBody, hands down, favorite products. And if anybody has questions that is listening, please DM me. I answer all of my DMs personally, uh, because for me, there's been so much that I'm recovering from the past several years. Um, Therabody hands down favorite product, their mini Therabody gun. Yeah. It's like a little vibration gun. Yep. Cool. And it really does work. Favorite thing ever. Favorite show right now. So I'm currently watching Marcella on Netflix. I am into all things crime related. So if you have them, please let me know. I was so upset when Killing Eve ended (laughs) because I thought there were four seasons. There are only three. So upset. But so those are mine. I'm I'm. I'm trying to find more to watch. Like true crime. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just, I love crime. And then product wise, I don't know. I use so many different products. Mm-hmm. Do you Shampoo, like to go? I will say. <laughs> okay. And also. You're like, I wash my hair. <laughs> wait, I do wash my hair. And people always ask me about my hair. I wish they would rep me, but they won't even listen to me. Pros. The shampoo. Oh yeah. I've heard I, about this. For anybody listening right now. I have gone through the most ridiculously expensive shampoos because I have curly hair. I can never find anything that works. They want you to buy so many different like creams and curls and all this and that. So annoying. I don't have time for that. So my friend suggested pros, which I was like, this is totally an Instagram gimmicky thing. Like this can't be real. Love it. I've been doing it for a year. Stand by it. Love it. I stand by them. I've gotten so many other people hooked. I do not get paid for this. They won't even, they don't even pay attention to me. Hey, pros, get over here. Yeah. Pros, come on. Love it. Take the quiz, do it all. I yeah, have a it's like curl a curl cream that I do at the end. Love it. 
Okay. All right, y'all, you heard it here first. Well, thank you so much for your time, Kaiza. This was really a great conversation and really just the mission that we're in alignment with. So we support you 1000% and we'll make sure all the links are in our show notes so listeners can find you. You can go to joyandclaire.com and you can find us at joyandclaire underscore on Instagram. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time. 